so yeah, this is just I just wanted to to sit down and to talk just kind of openly about kind of life, our experiences, and um, where like what in life has gotten us to where we are now, and kind of where we see each other uh, moving forward. Right now, there's no name to this podcast. Um, it's really just something I wanted to do, just to talk kind of openly and freely without like really restrictions or guardrails behind what we're supposed to talk about. So. Um, to introduce myself, my name is Thomas, uh, Thomas Stroud, uh, living up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, currently. Um, to my left, we have Kyrie Clark. I am living in Columbia, South Carolina, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and I am working on developing my uh, vintage clothing company. Yeah, and then to my right. Sweet, I'm Ellington Williams. Uh, I'm from, well, actually was born right outside of Charlotte and Monroe. Um, grew up in Lexington, currently reside in Columbia, um, musician, artist, uh, just a dreamer. And you can follow me on any, any, um, music platform at Sir Ellington. So, Already plugging the yeah, IG. Gotta, okay. gotta do it. First out the gate. You got, they gotta know, they gotta know what you do. They gotta know who you are. Exactly. And that's what I want to get into. Um, we, we kind of had this conversation last night. Um, we were over at, at Alex's um, and his sister's house, but it was just this idea, um, this conversation of what do we do as just men, just people, like for jobs and, and that kind of stuff, and how did we get there? Like, what was the what was the road and the track to get to where we are, and where do we see ourselves moving forward? And that's, it's not like, where do you see ourselves in five or ten years, yeah. but it's where do you see yourself, like, futuristically, um, like, what do you want to be end up be doing? Is it what you're doing currently? Like, is it to expand, um, into other arenas? Um, yeah. And so we kind of just like talked about how we each went to to school and had different degrees, and um, sometimes that degree doesn't really lend itself to exactly what we're doing now. But it was it kind of showed the fact that if you're able to to sit and kind of be in a place for three or four years and be disciplined enough to to stick that out. Like you you learn something in those three or four years um, or five years or six years or seven years, however long it takes you to, to finish school. Like that, that gives you something mentally of like, all right, if I can do this for however long it took me, can put myself forward moving forward in life to whatever avenue I want to go into. So like a little bit of background of what I went to school for. Um, originally went to school for, for finance and I was studying international business and finance um, and hated it. And it wasn't like, it wasn't that it was like super difficult. I mean, accounting is relatively difficult. Like if you're if you don't like math, like it's not the place to be in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, but it just wasn't something I was passionate about doing. And I was always passionate about filmmaking or about photography. Um, always loved movies, always loved just the visual side of things. I was a very visual learner. And so once I realized I didn't want to do finance, I transitioned into an art degree. Um, and my major was media arts where I was focusing on like narrative filmmaking and so I was screenwriting, I was learning cinematography um, and then I was also learning fine art photography which was, I started out shooting on black and white 35 millimeter film photography and that lended itself to 
going in and shooting digitally and doing prints and that kind of stuff. But once I graduated school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, the school system I was a part of didn't really, I guess, give <laughs> give the opportunity or like let me know that, hey, here are options of what you can do with this degree. We will help you out. Or like here are some, some resources that you can look into to go and make a career with what you study. Um, so it took a lot of discipline on myself to to find an internship, find a job, and and really kind of put together my own career path. Um, so right out of college, like I I interned at this small creative agency and Ellington and worked with me for a summer, which was my <laughs> last summer there. But, <laughs> but we didn't know that going into it. We <laughs> had no idea. But anyways, yeah, and. It was just it was just a weird time for me to be in that space, but during that time I was there, like we shot weddings, we shot local commercials, we shot headshots for a law firm and for these other companies, um, and it allowed me to get a wide net and a wide breadth of clients and and type of content that I was shooting and producing, and it made me realize that I really love commercials. I like doing. Like, yes, filmmaking and storytelling, but doing that in a shorter capacity, like 30 seconds, 15 seconds, minute, six seconds, like how do you make a com- compelling, cohesive story in that short amount of time? That's what I really, like, figured out what I wanted to do. Um, so I kind of ran with that, and that's really where I wanted to go. Now, on the other hand, Ellington had the same degree I had, and if you want to kind of share, like, your your pathway into into schooling and yeah yeah um yeah for sure so like like in high school and all that stuff like I was doing sports and so sports were like the thing actually I should probably backtrack give just a little beginning part of this like music music's always been like like my passion um music's always been a thing that's just come naturally to me um ever since I was like a youngin <laughs> like ever since I was really young. Um, always had a fascination with music. Uh, was named after Duke Ellington, so it's kind of like I this I'm born into this. Um, but anyways, music wasn't really the cool thing in high school. Being in band wasn't a cool thing in high school, so I made a switch <laughs> and started playing football. Um, and football was pretty fun for a time, but I saw early on that it wasn't really taking me anywhere. And then got a part of cheerleading, which is a totally different switch, but that actually gave me um, more opportunities to to branch out, um, to travel, to to just meet people, to network, and different things like that. Um, and so, being a part of that, I saw a aspect of music in cheerleading. And I don't know if we really talked about this a lot before, but no. um, yeah, yeah, I just kind of just thinking about this uh, in cheerleading, especially in all star cheer and stuff like that, which is what I did for a while, and then then actually got the chance to go collegiately to do cheer. Um, there's every every routine that you perform has music. And yeah. the so yeah. so the the owner of my gym that I was at, um, he had an in home studio. And so sometimes after we 
would leave the gym um, when I was coaching and stuff like that. We'd go by his place because he's like, yeah, I'm going to be up late mixing music. So he's like mixing. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's like mixing these tracks. And he, he had his own. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy when you start thinking about all the all the details of life. But he had his own studio and he would mix these tracks for archer music or he'd be like hey this person sent me some stuff so i can like blend it into these tracks so i got to kind of see producing on a bigger scale where he's got his own company called eight count music mm. um and so i was like dang like that's really dope like i've always i've kind of like had a passion for like making beats and different things like that as a hobby um long story short once i ended cheerleading i went to well i was going to school at the time for um for media arts and minoring in music and the reason I did that track was because like obviously loving music, kind of letting go of, you know, sports. Um, I was able to look at it from a place where at the time US and I don't think they do now, but USC didn't have a music production program. And so it was like I wanted to do music for videos because anytime you watch a video, anytime you let's say you're in a store or a commercial place, like there's usually music to it. And so I was like, dang, like that's kind of cool that's a different little niche so like what if i make you know music for for the films or for the video stuff so obviously getting a kind of base knowledge of shooting um video doing taking documentary class um shooting photography and different things like that we ended up coming together and Mm -hmm. shooting freelance thomas and i did freelance once we got out of college for a little bit um, shooting weddings and different things like that. So I was like always thinking, how can I incorporate music into to yeah. this this background? So, you're not always like you're not hearing like a Drake song and like a Macy's ad. Like nah, so there's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like these music is particularly in commercials or in, in short like aspects of like videography, like you're not seeing these top forty hits. So I think what you realized early on was there's a there's an avenue that I can create my art in that may yeah. not be like I mean I'm not signed to Sony Records but exactly. like yeah. how can I still put out my art um yeah so like what are you doing after after freelance with with me I know mm-hmm. <laughs> part of part of my story it's we can go to that later but a part of the story that like I he I left me <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, he's not kidding. wrong <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Thomas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom, right. Tomas left. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was living. So I was living in South Carolina for, I mean, the majority of my life, and decided to leave. <laughs> decided wow. to leave uh, my friends, my community, my church, my like everything around me to go and follow a job, um, because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. And so I went to an advertising agency. And so after I was doing that, um, I left Columbia. I left mm-hmm. Greenville. Um, and Ellington, you became a worship pastor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of crazy how that happened. Um, but, yeah, I started kind of just, like, leading worship for a small group, just, like, in the house, just, like, we were doing worship every now and then. There was a small group called Becoming back in the day, and that's actually where Thomas and I got super close. Um, got super close and just, like, became brothers, became came fam. And they encouraged me, actually, him and a couple other guys encouraged me, like, dude, like, 
we just overheard you singing like you you should like lead worship you should like do this and i was like no didn't want to do it bucked against it for a little while and then finally kind of just like started doing it well um fast forward to about a year and a half maybe after that um the pastor of the church that i go to now is um, dream church is pastor josh we sat down and had a meeting and he was saying how like at that time his whole worship team like just before he started the church like quit um and they just weren't on the same page about some things which i feel like we could say that for another <laughs> another podcast yeah i think it's a different podcast yeah different podcast not, not gonna after get we get that. to know each other a little bit there you go <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm not trying to throw nobody under the bus right now we'll get to that but uh <laughs> right now yeah right now it's, it's on the way um but no, I kid, I kid, I kid. But anyways, he had told me about how his how his worship team had completely like just backed out, and I was like, "Dang, dude!" So, anyways, I go to the service, the first service that they ever had, and I just see him like I see his heart for worship. I see him like, you know, singing, and the pastor, you know, I see him leading worship with his brother, and I'm like, "Yo, like, the Lord was like, this is where you're supposed to be," and so. That day, I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to stay here because I was honestly, Thomas had left. Most of my other community at that time had left. So I'm like, shoot, yeah, I so might as well leave. At, the, at this time, we had, so the, the small group we were in, essentially it was like four or five really close guys. Yeah. I had just moved to North Carolina, and then the other two dudes that were really tight with us moved out to Colorado yeah. to go and to Bible college. And so right. L was kind of left in limbo um <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i was kind of just left and i and i saw i was like well dang if they're leaving well shoot i might need to look into going somewhere else yeah. i might need to look into going out to california because like my heart's like mm. and worship and music so like maybe i can go to bethel or maybe i can go to like you know tennessee and be a part of united pursuit or or whatever it is just looking at different options and so ready to leave like i was so ready to get out of columbia and then like just heard the lord say like this is where i want you and i was like wow. bro why wow. but okay <laughs> you know um and so i just started volunteering around just helping helping out and then probably a couple weeks into just being a dream pj had asked if i wanted to you know start helping lead worship and next thing you know we're here so that's kind of the condensed version of the story and that was back in 2017 so i've been leading worship for close to three years now coming up in november now were you december. were you producing music already at this point so in 2017 were you starting your studio were you starting working on on sir ellington kind of music stuff or what was what was that track like that was like so producing then was like i was making beats on an ipad like i didn't have a macbook at the time i didn't have like I didn't have a studio, like, no. <laughs> like, I had an iPad and a set of headphones. And so, like, I used GarageBand, so I would just, like, make beats on the iPad, just like a hobby. Like, this wasn't even a thing, like, oh, yeah, I want to, like, you know, like, this is really going to be the thing that I, you know, produce yeah. um, off of. But I actually was blessed with a, a MacBook, um, MacBook Air and, and got Still logic on it. With that MacBook Still Air. rocking with the MacBook Air. So Two like years into it. It's not about what you got, it's about how you use it. There you go. Um and how you take care of things. But I was using the MacBook Air and <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so I was uh, using the MacBook Air and still use the MacBook Air and had logic on it and everything. Um, and over time, I just was able to put money aside and then, 
you know, buy more equipment, buy audio interface, buy actual some actual studio headphones, buy some monitors, different things like that. So it's been a journey. Um, and then once I kind of got most of the studio things set up, I started to be like, okay, I got all this gear. I need to start making money off of the things that I've already invested in, yeah. you know, and so. Getting that return on investment, yeah. Exactly. And I think what, what some people, I was very much into this as well. I had, I thought at least, I had a, buy the nice camera immediately i had to spend a full grip or i had to like (laughs) go out and like get the best camera the best audio or the best lights to make the best photos or the best films or the best stuff but exactly what you were saying is it's it's not the stuff that you have that makes you a good producer or a good musician or a good videographer or photographer it's using what you have and and making that really showcase your actual skills and so like I've, I've seen people do photo shoots with like a polaroid and like disposable camera like mm-hmm. talk about retro which is a kind yeah, of a cool yeah. segue into what oh, for sure Kyrie does so Kyrie, how did you like i know you've lived in columbia for a long time how did you get in touch with with ellington how long have you known him i've only known Kyrie for like three years maybe two or three years yeah. Um, every time people ask that, I always think like, "How did like like, yeah, like yeah, what yeah, was yeah. the actual first moment?" Yeah. But I think it was honestly, um, I becoming yeah. to be honest. It was a small like, group when really yeah, yeah. it was through Sherry. Yeah. Dude, I didn't know you were a part of becoming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was so. Yeah. This is after y'all left. This is after he <laughs> actually <laughs> when yeah, Thomas yeah, left. This yeah, is yeah. when I came on this. Yeah. <laughs> Kyrie replaced me. Yeah. <laughs> not not replaced. He just he just ste- he stepped in when I needed some more guy community <laughs> because becoming had got condensed where it was just like yeah. me and a bunch of girls sitting around talking about the Lord and I'm like, man, dang, like I need some dudes. Need some brothers. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. so um. So yeah, I would say. Um, just at Becoming and then um, Sherry, who's like kind of like the leader of Becoming, spiritual mother, mm-hmm. just kind of like prophesied just like our friendship oh, wow. and like what it would be. Um, just like prophesied it, like working on music together, just like just basically just like growing together and just like really just like experience, ex- experiencing in fullness, like what it is like we're called to do like together. Um, and so I remember... Um, I was like, yeah, let's work on some music or play guitar or something. So I came over to the house. Yeah. And segment. So you know how, like, if you play music, <laughs> if you play music, yeah, you understand that, like, sometimes you can, like, jam with someone and they're off, like, in their own universe and, like, you can't really connect. Like, there's no, like, true vibe and it's almost more of, like, a burden than, like, actually enjoying the time. So when me and Ellington first, like, jammed, it was, like, this, like, instant, like, <laughs> connection of like you can't even like put words to it like it was just like just like one and so it was like in that moment i was like i was like dang like that's like my brother like we like this is going to go further than just like playing in the bedroom or just like loading in the speakers from the van you know what i mean plugging them up and just like hauling everything back off when we're finished like this is actually gonna eventually like turn into something great even greater than what it is now so um that's kind of like how we how i first met um, interesting i think it was like a it was a cool moment for me too because i'm like i had seen you around a couple times through just like you being around the house and becoming and stuff like yeah. that but like i think we were just kind of practice maybe a set list or something yeah. to do do yeah. like part of worship for the, the next like small group meeting and like we just started jamming and it was like 
it was the universal language of like I didn't say a thing like we weren't even talking at oh, one yeah, point no. and we were just following each other and it was like you would have thought we'd been playing for yeah like we'd known each other for a while wow. it was just like that chemistry was instant and it wasn't like forced or anything like that Interesting. so damn that's cool so like my first I guess intro to you Kyrie when did we meet? Ellington well <laughs> so I knew I knew about you before I met you, so Ellington was doing a photo shoot with you. And so he, you borrowed, like, I guess it was oh, yeah. Katie's old camera. It was either Katie's or Austin's or, or something Austin's like old that. camera. We went to the garage. Remember yeah, that? It was we like went some to the garage. garage. That was a minute ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> either, like, yeah, yeah. He was, yes. either, was, it, was it in Colo or was it, it in It was in Colo, yeah. We were, okay. we were just, like, walking around. We were in the Vista for a little bit and then, like, yeah. found a cool garage and just, like, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, L L like sent me these photos or like showed me these photos. Like, dude, what do you think about these edits and that kind of stuff? And I was like, yeah, dude, these are sick. And I was like, who, <laughs> who's this kid? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like just, who are you hanging out with? Um, yeah. Not like in like a jealous friend way, but just like I don't, I've never, never met this dude before. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was like, he was like, it's Kyrie. And I was like, okay, bet. Like, I don't. And then I don't know, I don't know when we officially met. Like, I truly have no idea. I probably was at Dream when I came down for maybe a weekend. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I think, I think it might have been at Dream or, I know we, it probably was, you came to Dream and then we went out to lunch afterwards or something like that. That might have been the first, like. Always got to eat. Always got to eat. Eat and sleep and all that stuff, so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It, <laughs> I don't know. But what's cool, like with the, with the chemistry that you guys had with music, like I felt almost like immediately like, we were like friends. Like immediately we were brothers. Like, yeah. and it, a part of it is like because Ellen and I are are pretty close and are as close as we are. Like, if you're if you're cool with L and he's still rocking with you after like a year or a few months, like. You're a good dude. Um, like he's a definitely he's a good judge of character when it comes to that because if you don't vibe well, <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> he's not wrong. Anything he's gonna tell you, or he's just gonna like kick you out. <laughs> it's not like a kick you out. It's just like <laughs> you just kind of like it's like I I'm not in a way where I'm about to kick somebody out, but I'm yeah. just like I, I don't you, need you more ju- friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have been in a place of savage savagery where I've said that I don't need no more friends. You know, whether it be to <laughs> to girls that be like, I just want to be friends. Yeah, they're just like, let's just be oh, friends. I was like, right. I don't need no more friends. Like, <laughs> like no that's, that's no, the no, truth. No. But, you know, it wasn't like a kick out thing. It's just like just being kind of a little bit more aware of, like, wh- who's riding for you and who <laughs> yeah, you're riding for. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, so after y'all got connected with music and becoming, you were a part of a church and then decided to come and, like, hang out at Dream you doing that, like, I know you were leading a small group, right, at CLA. Yeah, so at CLA, I was um, doing youth leadership. Um, I was doing small groups. We had, like, fine arts program. I was helping lead up the fine arts program, which we would do, like, competitions um, in just, like, different states, like, throughout the whole summer. And then we'd, like, compete at the end of the summer, like, before school would start back. Um, I led up a lot of uh, church trips, preached a couple times. Just I guess the main thing was just, like, being involved in like the students lives and just like really being like a rock like during that high school like you know like teen time period where it's like 
everything is like very amped up like people are very influenced and like these things can like the influences at that age can most times determine the trajectory of their life for the rest of their life so it's just like understanding that and just kind of like bridging the gap and just like being Christ in that time period was just like my main thing but then you know as I as I got a little bit older and as some of the kids that I really poured into started to get older I kind of felt the Lord like take his hand off of me being there in like a a good way a healthy way and I've been coming to dream church and like helping with worship like here and there maybe just like coming by and so the Lord just kind of wanted me to come to dream church and Dope. start with like worship and Dope. and just coming here so now you did you you didn't go to usc no you didn't no. go to a university after high school right yeah so i went to tech and yeah i was gonna do the bridge program over to usc Dope. um but through hey, that you, you didn't miss anything yeah <laughs> I was just, I'll, just, I'll, <laughs> I'll be real with you yeah <laughs> so that was kind of like that was kind of like my my plan yeah. and I guess for a little bit, it was kind of just like I needed to create this formula so that Speak, say, like, speaking to your microphone a little bit more. Okay, <laughs> I needed to create this formula so it was like, whenever my family or someone were asking me like, "What am I doing?" It's like, okay, I have this, I have this plan. You know, I'm going to Tech, I'm transferring over to USC. But it was like, it's it was so hard for me to like fully give myself to something that I'm truly not passionate about. So it began to be more of a like thing for me to have something to say versus like this is like what god actually wants me to enter into and because like if you tell someone hey like i don't want to go straight into university like that'll preach a lot of people a lot of people would think like if you were to say like hey i don't want to go straight into university they'd be like especially christians would be like that's stupid and what you're gonna what what you gonna do with your life like what yeah exactly so it's just like for me i'm like am i living my life so i can allow other people to see me as a success in their eyes or am I going to, like, listen to the voice that I know and truly follow what God has for me, despite if other people that are believers are giving me advice opposite than what he's speaking to me? Yeah. yeah so good. that was hey, that was a very kind of, like, difficult but also, like, triumphal time sure. in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and so, like, if I have to go to school, like, especially with, like, culture and stuff that we'll talk about later, like, if I have to go back and get more, like, business advice or, like, get business knowledge and skills, like, I have no, like, nothing's holding me back from going, but yeah. I just didn't want to go just to... Just to get a piece of paper that says you finished it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel oh, that's that. Good. So, like, not to to be a part of that family question, but, like, so what, what were you doing outside of, like, tech? Like, what were you passionate about? What were you, like, did you have a plan or like an, an outline of like i want to do this like ellington wanted to do music producing i wanted to do videography like what was your kind of goal in that time and how has it shifted kind of now yeah my main thing was just like music 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 and oh, wow. fashion, okay. fashion 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 like, it's always been in the fashion stuff yeah fashion and music were the main like two things i've always like wanted to be a part of like even like when i would like go and visit my dad like when I was younger, like the first place I would go is I'd run into the closet and just like swipe through and just like look at all the different cool colors, combinations, sneakers, like everything. And then like we get in the car and then like where was that? Where, we, where were you guys going? To, where were you finding like those clothes and stuff? Were you going to like thrift stores back then, or what was that when you were? Well, no, kids? he was more into like like Ralph Lauren okay. and like cool like designer stuff. So like gotcha. he wasn't really much into like thrifting and like yeah. stuff like that. And I wasn't really too much into that stuff back then either. Um, it was more like 
specifically his favorite brand was Ralph Lauren. Yeah. So by nature, I like Ralph Lauren. So <laughs> like, all, and he's rocking Ralph Lauren like Ralph Lauren t-shirt yeah. and the shoes uh, and the shoes. Yeah. Ooh, the drip. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, side note again: these boots that I'm actually wearing, my mom got me for Christmas because my dad would get these pair of boots every year, like around like Christmas time. Crazy. And so I told my mom, I was like, I want a pair of boots like my dad. So literally, this past year, she got me crazy. these polo boots. Yeah, they fresh. That's yeah. dope. They That's they my size boots. too. Boot game. I'm just game. Boot game. So, so music always been into that. Were you, did you think about the producing route like Ellington, or were you more of like I want to go, and I want to sing and and play on like the street corners and busk and play in bars and I want I want to be on stage, want to be in shows. Like what what was your thought process behind music? Yeah. So my thing was, I kind of wanted to sing and play guitar like just like that combo of like doing both like wherever I could do both like um so for me I like growing up like in Maryland like where I grew up like there was no like guitar influence like no one in my family like played guitar my mom does not sing my dad surely cannot sing <laughs> grandparent definitely cannot sing <laughs> like so there wasn't like there wasn't any like yeah. there wasn't like a true like strong musical influence besides like my aunt Okay. Um, so that's kind of like how I knew like, wow, like this isn't something that, you know, I'm being made to do, but like, this is just like a part of who I am. Like, this is something like in me that needs to be like expressed, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, it, just singing and like playing guitar, like that's that. Yeah. Singing and playing guitar cool anywhere stuff. I could. Shoot, Thomas, I actually got questions for you for, well, I know this, but the people listening don't know this. Um, Thomas is also a musician and yeah. has been in music, uh, doing music. Mm -hmm. We have jammed together, uh, mm -hmm. played together um, several times, worked on some things together m many times, even before kind of video take stuff. One take Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One take Tommy. Is, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we'd say, hey, get on the guitar, lay down the lick on the track, and it's like one take is good. Like, it's super cool. So, but like, what what was the thing that got you into music? Um, and this might go way back. Yeah, <laughs> but this this may get deeper than we want it to right now. But <laughs> it's all right. We'll right. go there. Um, yeah. So a part of kind of my life and and music was I grew up not in like an art music kind of family. It was very like dad and mom both work in business and um grew up in the south, and so you're not like really pushed to go and explore the arts really but I kind of going back with like the the video stuff like I always would drawn to the creative stuff and so when I was going to like summer camps like there was always a day where like arts day or whatever it was and I was I'd be banging on the streets with sticks and <laughs> and like pots and pans like I was always in oh yeah exactly always doing some musical something um, and I did band similar to you, like I was a trumpet player, but it wasn't cool to be in band in like a seventh and eighth grade. Like <laughs> you weren't the cool kid if you were playing no. trumpet, <laughs> like, no. you weren't. especially if you're wearing braces too, like that's not yeah. as tragic on the mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Kind of had that that uh, that uh, that love of music ingrained kind of back then, um, 
and when I was like 15, maybe 16, I think it was like 16, um, I just like thought randomly one day, I was like, I want to learn how to play guitar. Like I was like finished wrestling um, for the year and I just had had surgery um, to repair my knee and I was like, I'm not doing anything for the next three months, so like might as well learn an instrument. And so I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. So like I bought a very cheap $90 guitar and my individual, there you go. The individualistic (laughs) mindset was like, I want to learn myself and teach myself. And so I learned guitar in that short time frame where I wasn't doing anything. Um, It was like right at the start of the summer. And it just so happened that kind of that same time frame, like that's when I really started following the Lord. Um, and going to a church in that October. And so about six months after I learned how to play guitar, I started going to a church where music was a really big part of that church. Like they had a cool band and that kind of stuff. And so I immediately gravitated towards that side of of, of church and worship and stuff. And so was kind of like forced myself into that friend group. <laughs> I was like, y'all are cool. I want to be like you guys. Um and so six months, or I guess you can put like eight months after learning how to play guitar, I joined that worship band as like an acoustic guitar player. Not good. Like I was not a talented guitar player by any means, but like it was, I was a part of the group, um, which was always something I wanted to be. And so from then on, it was just surrounding yourselves with those who are better than you, allow you to elevate and you elevate quickly if you're around people who are a lot better than you are because you're wanting to yeah, that's true. To reach that, that same level, that same um, skill level. So was a part of that for um, about two years and then went to college and learned pretty quickly that everybody plays guitar. <laughs> and, <laughs> and living in Columbia uh, at the time and going to school at USC – you find everybody sit on the horseshoe and play guitar. And I was like, I don't want to be another one of those guys. <laughs> so, uh, they were doing that for juice though. Yeah. Oh, honest, for sure. So. For sure. For the juice. GCD minor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Put a capo on it. You have every song. A little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. A little wagon wheel for, yeah. for, for, for the Southern bells. Exactly. There. And yeah, and that's just, that wasn't, wasn't my vibe. Um, <laughs> so I learned, I learned this, but I, I figured I wanted to at least be well versed in other instruments. Like if I wanted to either be a worship leader, or if I wanted to be a part of a band, or want to be jamming with a group of people, if you have three guitar players, yeah, that jam session's gonna be pretty crowded <laughs> and not effective. <laughs> um, so I learned piano. Um, through some music theory classes I was taking, but also just by sitting at a piano and learning it. Um, And inside of that, learned also, like, kind of how to play bass a little bit, kind of how to play the cajon or the djembe, um, the banjo, mandolin, like, these other instruments that would be cool to be a part of a set with. Um, Can never play the drums. I don't know how people do one thing with the legs and the other hand thing with the hands. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't do it. Especially you think about like the screamo band. Yeah, they're doing double bass like, pedals. It's like 
going off. I can't do that. Like, <laughs> that's just not. It's not me. Um, Drum sets give me anxiety. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like sure. the big ones, like the with all the symbols and like like Dude. different toms. I'm like, it's wild. But yeah, I'm really good at air drumming in the car, though. <laughs> yeah, steering wheel. Absolutely. <laughs> tearing the steering yeah, wheel. tearing the steering wheel. Up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that kind of knowing knowing kind of that knowledge um, when we were part of that small group uh, called Becoming, I realized very quickly that my voice is not as good as Sir Ellington over here, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's okay. Like I was, I'm very okay with understanding that I'm not a vocalist, but. I knew that he also played guitar, and he's probably just as good, if not better, than I am at guitar. Um, so I was like, you know what? If you like want to lead, I can play piano. If we're doing sets with piano, or I can sit in the back and we can like go through sets together, whatever it is. Um, and it kind of just fell into that where I became a part of the band as opposed to that front man. Um, yeah, so that's kind of yeah, no, my music stuff. Um, never really been into the producing side. I, I mixed for a while and um, was a part of a mega church and ran in front of house, um, like mixing and, and that kind of stuff for, for live music. But um, never really a passion of mine. It's super difficult, so hats off to anybody who mixes and masters. Yes, yeah, that's a whole other beast. <laughs> <It's> a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um so I want to get back to, you mentioned culturing. Probably those who are listening don't fully know what that is. Um, you said you were into fashion. So how did you, how did your love of fashion lead you into starting this business where you're, you're selling and you're thrifting and you're selling these, these old vintage uh, like t-shirts and hats and shoes and yeah, that stuff. Um, so speaking to your microphone too. Yeah, <laughs> mic, mic, check, check. So, I don't know. So I guess for me it was eventually like my my goal is to like eventually have like my own like brand where I'm like making and designing like my own like clothing items. Um, but I always love to be like. I always love to stand out. I always love to be mm. like original. I always like to be the guy who didn't wear what everybody else was wearing, and not to just be like, oh, I just want to stand out, but like just me being who I am, just like naturally being different from like the mainstream. And so with with vintage, like whenever I started wearing like a vintage tee here or there, or just going to like Soda City, there's a guy called Thriftmonger. Before I even started like selling vintage at all. Um, actually where I got this polo shirt from <laughs> and, um, just whenever I would wear it, like I, w- I would just get like, wow, like I've never seen one like that before, or, man, like that's original or man, like even for me, I'm like, I haven't seen anyone else wearing that. So I want to go after it. And so for me, just the originality in each item, I was like, wow, if I know how I feel whenever like I wear these items and like what they mean to me. I felt like that would be a good way for me to start and hop into just selling clothes. And so if I can make uh if I can make someone feel as special as I feel whenever I wear vintage like why not 
just stop with like a couple people why not hit thousands of people why not eventually reach tens of thousands of people hopefully mm. millions of people mm. you know what i mean and so it's just like i kind of like put this cap on like what i wanted to do i'm like no like i want to sell to as many as i can but that has to start somewhere and so cold tree supply it. <laughs> so so what what does because i'm naive i say what is the difference between like going to say urban outfitters yeah and you have that old nirvana tea yeah and some freshman in college goes in and she buys that nirvana tea like what's different between that t-shirt and like a vintage like what's what what what's what does vintage like mean like why is that so special why is that so different than like a i guess you would call it like a reprint like what's the difference there expose them yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sorry we're not fitters closures um <laughs> so for me i've always just been Put someone on who's enjoyed like the authentic thing it's almost like like if you like if you're like a sneakerhead and you go to the flea market and you see some jays they still say jay they look just like jays but nine times out of ten they're probably <laughs> fake <laughs> so if you're a sneakerhead you you're not even looking twice over there you're you're skirting right by it unless you like fake sneakers and i don't advocate for that but um but for me it was kind of just like okay similar to sneakers like nobody wants fake sneakers like in a sense like it's the same for t-shirts like if i like if i have a t-shirt from like a queen show or, or queen concert and urban outfitters is selling one for 50 dollars as a reprint it's like okay now how much is the shirt worth that's actually from the actual event in 1999? And how much more special does that make me whenever I'm wearing it, being able to say that, like, no, this is original. Like, this isn't, like, just a reprint. Um, and so for me, it's just, like, just the originality in that. And so there was actually um, a, a, there's a guy that, um, Jerry Lorenzo, he gets all of his, like, vintage wear um, from a guy in, in California and um, he, on his podcast, he was saying how he put, I believe, Kanye or Jerry in a Snoop Dogg um, vintage T-shirt. And there was a brand in Japan who actually saw um, the Snoop Dogg T-shirt and they actually put it in their runway show oh, wow. and sold them for ridiculous amounts of money and just reprint and reprint and reprint. And so then he started thinking, he was like, wow, like if this company is taking this same print and mass producing it and selling it for $250, $300 a piece, how much is the actual original? So then it just kind of gets into this thing of just like, wow, like what do we really have for people who actually truly care about the culture yeah. and like what it is? Yeah, it's kind of like if you look at, I guess, like pa paintings or like pictures, like oh, yeah. the Mona Lisa. Yeah, like you look at the Mona Lisa, like that's truly priceless. But there are a bunch of reprints, like same thing, like the yeah. Declaration of Independence, like all the things, like things that I have on my walls in my house, are not originals, but they're like really reprints. It's just like yeah. they're they're printed on a canvas, not from the original painter, because I'm broke and I don't have money to buy originals. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I get. I guess it's that's cool. I didn't think about that of the how much that's yeah how much the original matters. That's cool. Um, so you mentioned the name Coltree. Yes. What is what is that? Is that like 
an Instagram? Is that like your website? Like what is, what is culture and kind of what are you doing with that? How does your process go with, with creating a business like that? Yeah. So the name originally came from, uh, me and a buddy, um, one of my good friends, his name is Colton. And we actually went to a sneaker expo here in Columbia and we're just sourcing around and everything. And with a lot of people, like with my mom or my sister, if I go shopping 30 minutes in, they're ready to go. Did you find everything? I'm like, no, I'm still looking. But for us, it was kind of just like, man, an hour goes by, still doing good. Two hours go by, still going good. Three, four hours, I'm like, wait, like, we might be on to something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why don't we, like, get together and, like, try and, like, uh, just just pursue this and, and go after it? Um, and so that's that's what we did. And so that's kind of that's how we started the name Kyrie and Colton and we just started uh cold tree supply um but now moving forward I think that I'm probably going to be um just moving in like a little different direction with like kind of like creating like my own items and being able to just put all my time and energy into something that like I can control um and so we're still kind of like figuring out that process and everything um but it's definitely moving in a direction that'll be uh that'll be great and people love it so um yeah that's cool so you sourcing all of these like vintage vintage clothes what is the like what are you looking for when you go to like are you going to like a goodwill or are you going to like a Salvation Army, like where are you going? Can't, can't tell you that. Can't tell me. Can't tell you that. Okay. I'll just kidding. I don't, know if, I don't know if he wants to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll say this. I'll say, I'll say any <laughs> any way that you could possibly think of someone finding an old T-shirt, I'm doing that. Gotcha. Okay. It, anyway, any way possible. If it's on the side of the road, you better believe if I see a T-shirt on the side of the road, I'm stopping and checking what's on the other side of it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just like any way you could possibly think, we're doing that. Dope. The T-shirt, so. Okay. Yeah. So how are you, like, how are you selling these? Are you you setting, like, a Posh Market thing? Are you on, like, Instagram? Are you on selling, have, like, a website, like, Shopify? What are you doing? Yep, so right now, um, mainly just, like, Instagram. And so we've been doing like a lot of like local meetups with people. Um, before COVID, we were doing pop-ups at local coffee shops, different venues, um, just trying to like get our name out there a little bit more. Unfortunately, because of COVID, nobody wants you in the shops. Sure. Or like there's like a, you know, max amount of people that can be in a space. And so yep. that's kind of made what we're doing a, a little bit more harder. But nonetheless, you can't let that stop you. So what I'm working on now is. Um, starting a website so that we can allow people to shop more so like online a lot of people are home a lot of people aren't going out so i feel like it'd be a little bit better for people um to spend their money online versus going to a store going somewhere where they may not want to go out in groups of people um so that's kind of what we're working on now getting the website designed and everything dope yeah that's cool so you have you originally started with with colton and trying to i guess you go kind of your own own path now more like your your own um individual side of of selling and reselling stuff are you bringing on other people or what do you what does that look like for you expansion wise for yeah um yeah so i i think just just with anything in life um when you when you grow and 
and you meet people or you move to a different job. Like before when I was working uh, my nine to five, I couldn't be as involved as yeah. I wanted to be. Sure. But that was something that I needed to sacrifice, which ultimately sacrificed itself <laughs> for me. But that's something that I needed to sacrifice to like achieve that goal because it meant a lot to me. Mm. And so I just think just, just with life in general, um, people move in different directions. And so, um, I know he really wants to pursue um, chiropractics and everything like that, and I'm backing him 100%. He's backing me 100% in everything that I want to do. So, um, like I said, I just wanted something to where I could move more in like my direction. But mm-hmm. um, Sir Ellington over here, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Ellington here has been, um, even before that, uh, he was at all the pop-ups, doing video for the pop-ups, photography for the pop-ups. Help him pop up the pop ups. <laughs> so somebody needs muscles to do it. Yeah, so, so somebody I need, I need some help. So. <laughs> you need hands. So yeah, so we're so we're tackling it right now. Cool. Um, just getting people involved, just yep. making connections, being more intentional about meeting people and talking to them about what it is we're doing. Um, shoots, photography, video, mm-hmm. and so I'm just excited to see kind of like where we can where we can take it. So what's that like on it? We're in our mid twenties. What is that like owning your own business, being an entrepreneur, like having to go out and hustle and grind and really kind of fight? I don't want to say to make a living, but fight for to get your name out there. Like, what is what has that been like for the past? I mean, you've probably been doing it for what two years now, year and a half maybe. Yeah, I'd probably say about a year and a half. About a year and a half. Like, yeah. what is talk about? I, I guess kind of what it's like to be a young entrepreneur in a city like Columbia in the middle of a pandemic yeah and and what like what struggles and kind of like how you've overcome that um and yeah yeah i'd say um probably one of the harder parts is i don't know being like being afraid that your dream or or your passion won't actually turn into what you want it to be mm-hmm. and um allowing that to make you go into the safer approach um or the approach that may make more money like firsthand um and so for me coming out of the job that I worked prior 9 to 5 um with property management and real estate it was okay, now I have this health insurance, I have dental, I have vision, I have steady bomb checks coming in every two weeks, but it's like my heart is still empty. You know what I mean? Mm. And so it's just like, for me, like there was so many times where I wanted to take a trip to see my family. I couldn't do it because I was working my nine to five or I wanted to be a part of an event or I wanted to source, but it was like, no, I couldn't do it because of my nine to five. And, or, or hey, like I want to learn more about my business. Or I want to be able to source more inventory. I want to be able to sell more. Oh, I can't do it because I have my nine to five. And so for me, being young, being 22, it's like now I feel like I can truly unlock my time, my space. I can spend more time with my family, be more intentional with my friends, with my church, just be more open-minded and just be who I was designed to be and so it's That's just like yeah. well I feel like I feel like for me it's like okay like I worked at Urban Outfitters as well it was kind of just like I can do pack and ship at Urban Outfitters I can give people advice 
as to what they should wear and what looks good on them at Urban Outfitters. I can run the cash register at Urban Outfitters, or I can run the cash register for Kyrie. I can show people what looks good on them in the clothes that I can provide. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's just like shifting that into like, okay, like I can do this for others, which ultimately, thank God I was in that place because I learned so much from it. But in that learning process, I learned that I can be doing this for myself and build wealth. Like for me, even yeah. at like, you know what I mean? Like, so what was it, how difficult was it to make that jump of letting go of that nine to five and the security around that? That so was, we, we, we talked about that. Yeah. Hop on the mic. Yeah. No, I, I mean, obviously this question was geared more towards you, but yeah, no, I mean, you can, like, yeah, you've been in there. I, literally <laughs> literally the same same thing like i used to work for another company um called booster and it was doing you know fundraising for elementary schools and stuff like that and it was a job because like during a certain time you got to do what you got to do like yeah. i like i'm not gonna say you, you don't gotta like eat. Yeah. you gotta eat yeah. you gotta you still got responsibility so for a certain time you got to do what you got to do but like you had like for me i think being in a place of understanding like I was not designed to settle for less than what God has given me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I like, I don't want to be 60 years old and be like, okay, I've made this much money. I've had my health insurance the whole entire time. I've done all these things, but I've missed out on life because it was taken away from me through, through me not being happy at my job or me settling for something just because I got a check. And so like, when we were we were talking about this because I like, and this is another thing. Like while you listen, like have people in your corner that support you. Yeah, like ha- that's have huge. have that's people huge. in your corner that like they're not gonna blow smoke. Like they're gonna give it to you raw. It may hurt. It may sting a little bit in the moment. But like have that kind of pe- <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, have those people Absolutely. because we we all three of us like each of us have done this exact thing for yeah. each other in so many ways. And so like one of the things that I, like I saw in Kyrie early on was like his joy in in selling ventures, his joy in in music and all these things. And I'm like, bro, like like it's time. <laughs> like it's it's time to like like do something different. How did you know that it was that time? Or was it like just a gut feeling like, no what, bump it, like I'm tired of working for other people. Like it's time for me to step out. Like what was that moment? Because I feel like people are waiting for something to fall back on, like some yeah, pillow underneath yeah. them to like, all right, I want to step out, but I'm scared to. Like, what was, how, how do you make that jump? You got, like, <laughs> this is kind of weird, but I don't know if y'all seen the movie Happy Feet, but like, there's like this scene, <laughs> there's like this scene where like the penguins are like on top of like, what of this glacier, they're about to jump off and like go into the water and like the other two jump. And then there's one, he just stand on the edge, he's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then he just like, he tricks himself into jumping. Like he's oh, just wow. like, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. just like, he's like, ooh, what's that? And boom, he's gone. And then now he's actually <laughs> yeah. like, like, like he, you know, and That's so like, I think good. of it like that, but it's like, what was that thing that tricked yourself into jumping? Like, what is that thing that tricks me into jumping? And it's like, at the end of the day, it's not a trick, but it's more like, do I trust in the Lord that he's gonna provide for me? Do I truly trust that he's gonna be good, that like, he's gonna open up doors when I I just say yes, you know? And so like when I kind of saw like for myself that it was time for me to let go, like I did not have a job fully lined up 
coming out of like I was working part time for the church. So like that's what it was. And I was working also part time with Booster and Booster was draining me. I was just so tired. Like I didn't want to do music like I, I was exhausted, literally physically where I couldn't do it. Like it was just too much. And I remember being in this place. I'm like, this is not this is not bringing me joy. This is bringing me a right. paycheck. But like, I'm not happy with where I'm at. And I was like, I had heard that you know through Pastor Josh that they were like considering like bringing me on full time. But I didn't know the I didn't know when that was gonna happen. And I remember one night like I was like, Lord, like I can I can only do about maybe two more weeks of this. So I went into the job, put my two weeks in. And for a little bit, like I did not have any source of income other than part time with the church. And long story short, there was this one night my finances had started to get low. Like they start, it started to get close where I'm like, I got to start figuring something out. Like I might need to find another job or whatever, but that so I can get by. But I just remember laying there and the Lord was like, do you trust me? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, we'll go to sleep. Now, I kid you not that next day. Pastor Josh came up to me. He was like, hey, we want to offer you the full-time position. And I was like, ain't no way. <laughs> like, mm. what? But, like, this this was, like, almost a month after I had quit the other job. So a full month. A full, about- yeah, a full month of just, like, wow. getting part-time pay. So just, like, having to, like, really, like, budget and, and be on top of it. But, like, I was in, during that time of that month. I felt joy that I hadn't felt in a long time. Cause I'm like, I can make my music. I can spend time with my people. Wow. I can, I can kind of help with culture and stuff like that. So like, I did that. And then when I saw where Kyrie was, and the things that he was telling me about his job and the things that he was going through, I was like, bro, like, it, I, I think it's about time. Like, I'm, obviously, it's, it's up to you to make that decision, and you yeah. know where you are better than I can. But like, just from being close to you and just like seeing the potential of what you got going for you with with vintage or music or whatever it is, I'm like, I know what brings you joy and what you're in don't mm. right now, you know? And so, I mean, that's kind of where it was for that, but. Wow. So your, your situation was similar, but yeah. COVID played a little factor into that, yeah. right? Yeah, so um, I say this. So for me, just seeing like what Ellington talked about kind of gave me, more of a like okay like even though like it's like yeah like i know like god's gonna come through and like you know like as a christian i'm like yeah i stand on that but you know when it doesn't look like anything's yeah, gonna yeah, come yeah, through yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, yeah. it doesn't look like anything's <laughs> gonna come through and that, that, that good old that good old sweet paycheck might stop it's like oh, i might stay another two weeks right yeah oh, i might no, i stay another two <laughs> weeks, yeah. two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> i like quit he's bro. like Quit. I'm like, all right, just give me two weeks. Two weeks yeah. pass. Like, did you put in your two weeks? Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm doing like two months. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, literally, it's probably went on for like months. months. Bro. Like, it went on for months. I feel literally, that. Literally. Um, yeah. Yeah, it went on for months until it was like, I feel like in in love, in, in love, it was like, God was like, Kyrie, like, if you don't leave, I, I'm gonna make you leave, and, <laughs> and I'm not there anymore. You know, I don't really want to go into too much. I'm not there anymore. I don't really want to go into too much detail yeah. about it. Yeah, but yeah. with COVID and a bunch of other things that you know that just like weren't healthy with me, and I think I think that's the thing too. It's like having your brothers, or your sisters around you, people who love mm-hmm. and care about you, who know you, to say, you know what, 
you ain't really looking too hot, or you may not be acting like you normally do, or this is this isn't this isn't the Kyrie, this isn't the Ellington or the Thomas that I know. Something's off, and so it was like being able to have someone almost like reassure that like, hey. I'm actually, this actually is bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the people who care about me most are like, you ain't doing so hot. So it's like, having that too really helped in that process. Yeah, it's super important to have those people that call out, like, not just your identity, but like what they, they see that like, who you are as a person, and they see that this job or this relationship or this whatever Mm. is like, Mm. hindering you from <laughs> hindering you from from being who you really are we're not going to go into relationships today because yeah, let's say relationships. different podcasts yeah, different podcasts, podcasts. Yeah, podcasts. relationships gonna have a um it's gonna have like three different episodes yeah. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be a hot episode yeah. um <laughs> i'm gonna be real wrong yeah so. <laughs> but no i feel i mean i i'm definitely in that same same space to a degree like i mean i'd when I left Columbia, like I, I freelanced around for like eight months and I was working with Ellington and, and how to make that jump. So I, I was working for a small creative agency in Columbia and that summer Ellington was working with us. I had wanted to leave um, and then my boss made that decision for me. And, <laughs> yeah. and and wanted me to leave as well, so <laughs> so I was no longer with that company. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I, mean, I was twenty two years old, like yeah, open hands of like God dang. Uh, being twenty two, yeah, literally I living. I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I had just got an apartment that I couldn't support without a paycheck. Um, I living on my own, like all of this stuff, like I thought I had made, I was like, I got it. Like, I got my degree. I got my job. I got my apartment. Like I'm set. And then that job left. <laughs> and then shortly after that, I had to leave because I couldn't afford <laughs> yeah. to, to stay in that apartment, but it forced my hand to really put things in perspective of all right how how much do you really want to to do this as a career like is it just talk like are you just like smoking mirrors are you just like saying you're a photographer saying you're a videographer or music producer or you sell like vintage clothes you're an entrepreneur like are you just saying that and it puts you in a place where like all right you don't have a security net anymore do you how how badly do you want it um and so it was eight months of hustling and i had to humble myself i got a job at a coffee shop managed that bar for a little while and was shooting portraits of girls turning 21 <laughs> for their birthday party <laughs> like i was i had i had that and then i was shooting, college grad pictures yeah college stuff. grad pictures yeah. and i was doing like some weddings and on top of that like shooting some stuff for coffee shops for their like Instagram because everybody needs photos for their Instagram and not charging like, yeah, yeah. I was working with CrossFit gyms and some fitness like corporations and, and that stuff doing what I could do to get by. And honestly, like I wasn't strong enough. So because I left, 
Columbia and I wasn't with my brothers every day, I didn't have that of like affirmation of like, like keep going after it. Like you got it. And so like after eight months, like I like got like real depressed, like wasn't doing well and came to the realization of like, all right, I need time away from this life of stuff. And so we actually went out to Colorado like it was very serendipitous time frame. We went out to Colorado and I love that word. Serendipitous. serendipitous. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> 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 serendipitous. But we were out there for about a week almost and like the last day we were there, I get a phone call from an agency in North Carolina saying, Hey, we saw your resume on LinkedIn. Do you want to come in for an interview? And I was like, I don't even know who you are or how you got my resume, but sure. Um, I think I had put in at that time over 200 applications to different companies like across the United States. Um, And I had given up at that point. I was like, 200 people have either said no (laughs) or haven't even looked at my stuff. And it took that reconnection of the people around me to be like, no, this is who you are and created to be and, and getting back to community. Um, and it was just that cool time frame. It was like, that's exactly when the Lord was like, all right, here's an opportunity for you. Are you wanting to step into it at the time? Like I needed to. So moved to North Carolina, literally 10 days after we got back from Colorado. <laughs> yeah. He left again. I left again. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Tomas. Bye, Tomas. Uh, I'm sick of this. (laughs) Yeah. And was there for like 18 months, um, just under two years, and realized kind of more and more of what I wanted to do creatively as a videographer and a producer. And after 18 months, I was getting to that place of, all right, I want to do something else. Like I've kind of learned what I could here and there's gotta be something else like along the road. And so I was looking for other jobs, um, and found out this job in, in, in Tennessee. Um, and so I went there and I've been producing there for about a year and I'm getting to the point now. And I don't know if this is just like the way my brain works where I can only stay still for, (laughs) for 18 months at a time um, or a year at a time before I get restless. But I'm getting to that point of that same kind of like tension that you, we have all felt of, all right, I want to either do my own thing and have it kind of like working for myself because I can't like, I can't just sit here anymore and produce the work for other people. Um, I think something that we, when we've talked about this a lot with, with, with music, um, but also with the videography stuff, like, I don't want to be making you money. <laughs> like, I want to be making myself money and making my brother's money and, like, growing growing us because, like, there's a, there's a time where I want to create my my work and I want that work to be what I'm doing and I'm passionate about. Like, it's great to be like to have a boss and to be working for these large clients that I've been working with. But I think I'm at a point where I'm realizing 
Adam's kind of like deconstruct this like my thought process, but like I'm getting to a point. I'm at a point now where like, all right, what about my ideas? What about the things that I can do for myself? Like I have five years of, of being a camera operator and an editor and a photographer. Like I have five years of being that. And now I have a year of producing under my belt. All right. Can, can I now sustain working for myself? Like, is that something that I have to really look at and, and kind of assess in my, in my personal life? And I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not going to make a rash decision right here on this first podcast, but it's, that's something I have been thinking about recently is like, is this something I could potentially sustain and continue to do? And, um, Will that also bring me joy? Yeah. Cause no, that's huge. I think the whole thing about, like, doing what you love to do, like, bringing you joy. Mm-hmm. Like, when Cardi and I, we talked about this, I don't know how many times, but, like, and we, you and I as well, Thomas, but, like, I think about it in the fact of, like, yes, my, my if you want to look at the resume, like, my job, t- job title right now is currently being a worship pastor, but, like, because of where I'm at and the freedom that I have and responsibilities that I do have, I like I and I truly enjoy it because I'm over music ministry. I'm able to produce things. I'm able to do, you know, things that really, truly bring me joy. And the cool thing about it is that when I look at it, it's like I had to take a step back and be like, is this even a job? Like, is this like. Is this even because the the work that I've done in the past, like clocking in and doing all these different things that I didn't really have a whole lot of joy doing like that actually felt like work. Yeah. But I had to be OK with saying, like, it's OK that this maybe not feel like work or this may not feel like work. Like, but it is because I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm still working. Mm-hmm. But it's it's caused me to switch my whole perspective of work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like being in a place where like I can produce and you know get the set lit or set lists together for the week and all these different things like those are fun for me it's like putting arrangements together or you know being able to take some time and produce tracks for for the church and for the app or whatever it is like meeting up with other musicians collaborating doing things like that like it doesn't feel like work but it's like I'm still working yeah I'm still putting in that time and I think like you know when you do what you love like right now the music side of things of like selling i'm not i'm not like <laughs> raking in like racks on racks on racks every single week or anything like that but it's like the money is not the motive and i think like in today's culture especially when you have family members like what are you doing now what are yeah. you doing with your life yeah. it's like how much money are you making how much what are you going to do about this like you know and it's like no the money is not the motive if i can go after my my passion and give it all that I got and I trust in the Lord through that process, the money's going to come. Wow. But like, if I go, if let's say if I go into my passion with money on my mind, now I'm actually not really going into my passion with the, mm. the heart that I would if yeah. it wasn't, if that that's makes huge. sense. So that's huge. And it's one of the things too, that I, I'm seeing not only in your life, but a little bit in yours is once you, once you get outside of, I guess that nine to five is is kind of what we're going to go for that structure of working for other people 
it then opens up and allows you to not only do the things you love to do, like it's producing or being a worship pastor full time, but it's allowing you to experience other opportunities of work. Like I know you love doing mm-hmm. like some modeling and some acting yeah, stuff yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and you're the same well with some photography and, and, and gigging on the side and doing some, some music venues and shows and um, stuff like that. Like how big is, is that in y'all's life? Like, is that something that you were looking at doing or was it something that you're like, no, I have free time now and this is something I enjoy doing. So it's kind of just fell into your lap. Like what is, what does that have looked like? after you've kind of let go of that nine to five? Yeah, I would say a little bit of both. Like while I was working, I would try that much harder to fit it into that busy schedule. But then it's like, okay, if you're putting something in there to live, something's going to die somewhere. So it was kind of just like picking and choosing, okay, these are all great things, but something's got to go. And so it's just like (laughs) now not having that space or that, or that time that's filled every day. Now when the opportunity does come, nine times out of 10, I can be there, I can do it. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, that's even major. in that, that's allowed me to like search for things to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like I played for an event, uh, the Food and Wine Festival in Columbia. And so um, then it allows me to reach out and say, hey, thanks for you know asking me to play. If you have any events coming up in the future, just let me know, I'll be available. Um, with the job, I couldn't really do that. You, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, you don't know if you could be available. They let me know <laughs> yeah. when they could be avail- when I'm available. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that goes with anything with like trips. I think one thing that really is kind of funny, but but really brought me to like the understanding of like, man, like I want to work for myself is um, my bosses were going on a cruise to I think Israel or something like that. And I think at the time I wanted to go on a trip with us <laughs> and, and, and and it was kind of just like you can't go and I'm like why it's like we're going on a trip and it's like well now it's like well dang it's like I want I want to have that same priority for like me and my family like I want to be able to work yeah. and I want to be able to have this time to look for opportunity and be able to enjoy my family. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah. so I think for me, just having <laughs> that time, time off. <laughs> having that, yeah, it it allowed me to kind of <laughs> be more intentional with the things in life that really matter. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's like I, 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 it sucks, but it was kind of <laughs> funny too because I remember us talking, and you'd be like, "Man, I got this much time, like paid time off," and they're telling me I can't use, use it. it. <laughs> how are they controlling it to that dude it's like you can't use this like it's called pay time off of, <laughs> <laughs> literally pay time so off. but um i mean i think like even to piggyback off what you're saying like with the video stuff like even with the modeling all those things a lot of having that freedom has allowed me to venture to things that are still oddly connected to my passion yeah so yeah. you know what i'm saying so mm. it's like with the whole modeling thing, I'll try to make this story very short too, but um, obviously got into videography through college and all that, but shooting-wise. Um, 
but just kind of like being into like fitness and working out and different things like that. Um, I had one of my old teammates in cheerleading approach me and say, hey, like we're doing a shoot for um, Gamecock football and all this stuff. And like they're showing off the new uniforms. Like, would you want to come jump into that? And I was like, heck yeah. And he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you. And I was like, oh, word. Like I thought it was just going to be a fun experience where yeah. I can just be in like yeah. modeling. And so they they paid me. And then next thing you know, they're like, hey, we're going to we're doing this series called Battle Armor. And so it was like week after week after week during the football season, I'm doing these these shoots where I'm like mm. in the uniform and doing all this stuff. And so like going back to my original idea when I was in college about mixing music with videography, yeah. now I'm in a place where I'm able to share, hey, I make beats. If y'all need beats for these videos, if y'all need, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So now it's caused, it's allowed me to be in a place where I'm making connections. Networking. Networking. Yeah, for sure. And so it's like even though I don't want to be modeling, acting, whatever you want to call it for the rest of my life, the thing that I've actually been placed and graced to be in now has opened up a door for me to say, hey, well, here's a product that I offer outside of what I'm just doing yeah. and, you know, make those connections and then, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like this whole thing of networking that I would not have the opportunity to do if I was doing that other nine to five where I get off at five o'clock, but we got to shoot at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just, it's just really awesome um, what the Lord has done in that. But the, the networking and all that stuff, like even with Coltry and um, I, I got to kind of get Coltry on my head because with the rebranding, but whatever. Like, even with that, like, it's taking time for us to be able to, like, go source together and me help them out. And then, like, when we're meeting up with people or getting to go to concerts where you're going to a concert, you're wearing vintage. Now yeah. you got people coming up to you like, yo, like, that vintage is dope. And then you start talking to them. They talk about how they like music and how they play or something. And then it's like, yo, well, I produce. Kyrie plays yeah. guitar. So it's like. But our time has now been open where it's like you could even look at that and say, like, we just had a business meeting. For sure. Yeah. For you know sure. what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. So what does it look like for uh, the vintage shop moving forward? Like, are you are you setting up these pop-ups still? Are you are you doing, like, going to, like, a market? Are you, because I know music festivals aren't really happening right now yeah. because of COVID. <laughs> frustrating <laughs> but like we'll talk about that on another, talk podcast, about that on another too. podcast too if you want to but, but um yeah what is that like outside of just ig like where like where do you see this vintage shop expanding to as far as like going to a place to be like oh i can go through a rack of clothes yeah or or what have you like what do you see there um so from instagram the next step which this saturday um we're gonna be at soda city um, with one of my friends who... It is September 12th, correct? September 12th, Thank yes. Is that right? September 12th, hopefully not 13th. Yeah, it'll be 12th. 9-11 not, um, on Friday. Ah. Mm. I think. Is that right? Double check that. Yeah, let me... Fact checks. Fact checks. Check, check, check. I don't even know where my calendar is. I need to order <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at his phone right now. I got stressed out just looking yeah. at his phone. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Saturday is the 12th. Yeah, so yeah. Saturday 12th in Columbia... Yeah, we're going to be doing a pop-up with um, a small business called Jane and Marie. They do a lot of reworked uh, vintage furniture, like old furniture, antiques, um, houseware, that kind of thing. Um, and until all of our applications and business license and everything come back, then we'll eventually have our own at Soda City. 
Um, and then from there at Soda City, my dream in my heart is to actually start and get a little studio or a brick and mortar store like in Columbia, Casey area, downtown Columbia um, area. And then from there, just grow and grow and grow into what all God wants us to be. Um, but the the end goal for sure is definitely having a place in Columbia, setting the atmosphere that I don't believe is here yet in a space where it isn't so that way it can bloom and blossom to be a place where somebody might want to come and get that vintage need yeah. or people in Columbia who really enjoy fashion. Okay. It's like, there's not a lot of places here, but we have the shop. Like this is the vintage shop we know. Yeah. So when I went to Charlotte, I put out a Instagram just like request, like, Hey, does anybody know of any cool vintage shops? Uh, in Charlotte, and I got about six or seven hits, like, go to this place, go to this place, go to this place. So I went to all of them, and they were all doing well. Um, they all loved what they were doing, and I was sourcing around looking for some stuff, and I found one sweatshirt the whole day. And so it got me thinking. I was like, man, like, you come back to Columbia, you know, if I really do my thing the whole day, I might can leave with the whole bag. Um, and whenever people say hey what are some cool vintage shops in columbia there's like uh goodwill <laughs> like, you know what yeah. i'm saying like yeah. salvation army yeah. and so for me i'm just Yard like sales. man like i i really oh, want to be yeah. i really want to be the one to kind of provide that need mm. in columbia mm. something that's not there and so i truly believe just in starting that up yeah so what is so this saturday at soda city market what or can you do you want to share a little bit about what you're bringing to the pop-up shop um like what what do you what are you bringing that day like what kind of um shirts and and stuff that you bring in is it more of we're we doing simply old school like college tees or is it band tees or what's the inventory you're gonna be bringing to saturday yep so soda cities in downtown columbia which is a lot of college students so for me, I try to think about like, you know, I think about like the demographic of people that are going to be there, if it's going to be younger, if it's going to be older. And so knowing that a lot of people that <laughs> a lot of people that are going to USC, I'm like, man, like, I'm gonna have some USC gear. Um, so I'm going to have a lot of like vintage USC gear, a lot of uh, sports teams, uh, Panthers, uh, college teams like Duke. Um, we're going to have just like cartoon t-shirts like we're gonna have a little bit of everything if you can think about it even if it's not a thing it's just a random cool graphic that you might connect with because the people like a lot of abstract like sure. like art t-shirts yeah yeah like like really like creative stuff bleach stuff so like anything that you could possibly think of we'll have and then we'll have like a, a special section of some of the band tees i'm kind of connected to <laughs> <laughs> I've got it connected to my band tees, um, but I'm going to bring a couple a couple <laughs> heaters out there, too. So for the ones that truly get it and understand it, that want to spend a little bit more money, we'll have some of that out there, too. So a little a little, a little bit of T-shirts for everybody. Yeah. Dope. Diverse selection, for sure. Are you going to be there, L? Yes, I will be there. I will be there and wearing some vintage as well. So y'all come on by, see us and stuff like that. Yeah, so if y'all are in the Columbia area this weekend, uh, go out to Soda Sea. What time are you guys going to be there? We are going to be there at 9. I'll be there at 7, but don't come at 7. <laughs> 9 in the morning. 999. Uh, nine, nine. Is that, eight, is that uh, Main Street? Where is, where is Soda Sea? Yeah. 9 a.m. Main Street. 
Main Street. Main Street. Dope. Yep, for sure. Cool, man. It's gonna well, be uh, yeah. So this is a this is the first podcast uh, that we wanted to put out. Um, as you can tell, it's not a lot of structure to it. It's really just a couple guys talking about life. Um, well, I really wanted to get this one out first, just talking about our experiences in life and where we each come from, um, and kind of how we we got to where we are, just so the listeners can kind of understand. I'm like, all right, this is this is who it is, and it may not always be us three. Yeah. Um, it may it may just be L one week, or it may just be me one week, or it may be other people. I mean, yeah. I don't live here, so it's not uh, yet, not, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Trying to get them uh, back home. Y'all be praying le- for that. Legit. So <laughs> here's the every single conversation from the past three years that I've had with L. Over the phone, especially. Over the phone. It's always been like, so you coming back yeah, to yeah. Columbia. I'm believing it's prophetic. So <laughs> if y'all are believing that stuff, definitely <laughs> be praying <Yeah. laughs> in agreement with me that my guy's going to be back. So Cool. Well, thanks guys for uh, joining today. I know it was kind of all over the place, but it's been great to hear uh, each of y'all's stories uh, to see where we are. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Well, so you, you want to share your social media? You know, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can plug IDs, I guess. <laughs> plug the plug of me. It's networking. <laughs> Just let people yeah, know. Like, oh, no, follow, for sure. Know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram if you guys want to, uh, at underscore Thomas Stroud underscore. Um, if you guys want to look at some of my, my work, you can go to www.royaltymedia, R O Y A L T media m-e-d-i-a dot com you can see some of the work that i've done over the past three or four years there um yeah it's pretty much me i'm just on instagram i don't really do twitter uh but king cree over here what's your ig king cree 33 give me that follow baby (laughs) 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 i'm sorry and L started off the podcast with his ID, yeah, but no, I, 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 I didn't say it again. I didn't give y'all the IG, um, but it is <laughs> it is at life of underscore L. Um, yeah, and I'm working on creating a new. Um, well, I guess an, an an additional Instagram that's just gonna be just music stuff, uh, just beats, just collabs, just you know stuff like that. Um, networking area cool. for that, but so and then y'all can that. yeah cool. look after that. But um, after look out, Lord, out for that. yeah look out for that. And then uh, like I said, Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple Music, um, what else? I guess you could check out SoundCloud too for all my rappers or beat makers and collaborations. A lot of beats are on SoundCloud, but you can just look up Sir Ellington. So yeah, cool. That's it. All right, signing off. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. See you. Peace.